This is ARRL's Eclectic Tech, a bi-weekly look at the technical and scientific side of amateur radio with your host Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Eclectic Tech is brought to you by ICOM. ICOM, for the love of ham radio, is about the passion for an incredible hobby. Visit ICOM in the community webpage at www.icomamerica.com forward slash community. I'm speaking with Philip Gladstone, N1DQ, and Philip is the creative force behind PSK Reporter. If that's not familiar to you, then maybe you don't operate digital modes. It's, it's hard to say, but it's been around a long time, and it's a favorite of everybody that's involved uh, in everything from RTTY to FTA to whatever. Good evening, Philip. Good evening, Stephen. I've been using PSK Reporter for years and years, what seems like an eternity. There are times that I think I couldn't live without it. But for listeners that really aren't familiar, can you explain what it is? Um, I'll do it in a slightly roundabout way. I'll take you back to the origin story, which is in 2007, I got my extra license very shortly after they removed the Morse code requirement, because up to then I was a technician and I just could not learn code. And so as soon as they abolished the requirement for that license, I hot-footed it to the nearest exam center and upgraded. And the digital stuff was what excited me. That was the days of PSK 31. And I bought myself a, a rig, set it up, stuck a long wire off the back of the house, and nobody would answer my calls. And I was kind of miffed. Um <laughs> It, it turns out, of course, that being in the Northeast, you're not, in fact, in a very desirable um, locator for almost anything. And this, you know, I'm in the computer business, and to me, you can solve many problems with technology. So I started uh, sort of chatting with Simon Brown, who was the author of DM780, which was the, the digital mode program I used at the time. And he agreed that if I produced a DLL that would report spots that came off his, um, out of his, basically his um, bandwidth um, decoder, um, he would integrate it and send the spots to me. And so in early 2008, I kind of hacked together this website, um, which had to be done really in sort of 15-minute increments because the kids at that stage were still young and I had sort of bedtime duty and everything else. But it sort of took off over the, the next few years. There were other digital mode programs that came in um, wanting to contribute their spots. And so basically what it allows you to do is if you transmit almost any digital mode, when you, when you call CQ, you can go to pskreporter.info and click on the map and it will show you where your signal was heard. In some ways, this is depressing because if you call CQ and nobody gets back to you, you now know it's not because they didn't hear you. It's just because they don't like you. <laughs> uh, and, you know, people use it for testing different antennas. You know, if you call CQ as M1DQ-1 and you call CQ as M1DQ-2 with two different antennas or maybe some tweaking on your radio, you can tell which signal gets further. and you know, I, I found it in those days a great assistance to operating and, you know, it grew. We maybe had, you know, a couple of hundred 
people who would use it over the course of a week. And then I added the statistics page and I had a leaderboard of who had reported the most signals you know, during the day and week. And this suddenly changed people's behaviors. People were actually leaving their rigs on 24 hours a day just to move up the leaderboard. <laughs> and then, you know, people do, people run multiple radios on multiple frequencies to move up the lead leaderboard. Now, really, you want to be in Europe um, if you want to get to, to, to the top. The top guys are all Europeans, I think, because there's just more activity over there. Um, uh, SM6 FMB is typically near the top of the list. Ah. And he has a he has an elaborate setup. I always um, wondered why I saw his call sign frequently. <laughs> yes, and so in fact, I now run. It's actually a little SDR, three hundred bucks probably, uh, which which listens on eight ba ten bands simultaneously, decodes FT8 on all of them, and just reports it. And it's just a single. Little box about the size of, I don't know, you should say a pack of cigarettes, but probably nobody knows what those are today. And you plug an Ethernet cable in and away you go. And that's really all the box does. But the fact that somebody has built an image, which you can just install on this radio, that all it does is report to PSK Reporter. And when you look at the stats, out of the top 20 people, half of them will be running one or more of these Ray radios. It's, it's amazing. Now, when you speak of the stats and the various modes or the various radios, I was looking today and I noticed, for example, that it had quite a few uh, CW contacts that it had logged and uh, you could see the locations and so on. I love the map display, by the way. Uh, how are you getting that information from CW contacts? Uh, the short answer is I have no idea. Um because I just run the website and there is a well-defined API that anybody who writes decoders can integrate into. In fact, today, a guy reached out to me um, who has a program called CWSL-Digi um, that has quite a few users. And given the CW in there, maybe it's a, a, a wideband CW decoder. Um, but, you know, sometimes people come out of the woodwork and say, hey, when will you support my new mode? And the answer is, well, I don't actually have to do anything to support your mode. You have to persuade the the author of the decoding software to submit your new mode to me, and then it will just magically appear. That's true, but it supports already. I, I tried to count today, Philip, but a, a remarkable number of modes. Do you know offhand how many? Uh, no, I don't. Um, some of them get collapsed together um, because you know, there's various different flavors of JC65 and the, all the PSK, and sometimes they're reported as QPSK. But the vast majority of traffic is FT8. I mean, well, that's not a surprise. It was surprising to me how quickly it took over. Yes, it did. Uh, I have a graph. Yeah, FT8 was basically nothing until sort of the middle of 2017, and then suddenly, boom, it took off. I mean, I, I have reports going back to early 2015 for FT8. Middle of 2017, it exploded. And in fact, all of these explosions you know, have caused me issues when the, when the load on the system goes up dramatically. Some of the things that have gone wrong, I used to run it on a, you know, an old tired 
bling desktop machine, to be honest, mini tower box in my basement. Um, but inevitably, whenever I went away on vacation, it would die. And more and more people would say, hey, what's happened to it? So I started putting it on a UPS and then the power would go out for longer. And finally, in 2014, I moved it out of my basement onto um, basically into rack space at that stage because there was a ham who worked for Rackspace that could get some free hosting for, for me. And since then, it's actually moved to a bunch of other providers. I mean, the ham community is great. Um, they've always found somewhere to provide free hosting for me. PSK Reporter has been very consistent, but those few times when it's been offline, these days, it's a crisis. <laughs> you see people posting on QRZ and other sites, oh, what's happened to PSK? You know, it, it's, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. And, you know, there's far more people complaining about it than, you know, being nice about it. Maybe once a month, somebody says, thank you for doing PSK Reporter. It's, it makes my life great or whatever. And, you know, that simple message is the reason that I do this. I mean, I don't do advertising on it because it's not going to make enough money to make any difference. And also, I would feel very guilty about putting advertising and also asking somebody for free hosting. It's, it's only a single box. It's, it's a beefy box. But to actually, I mean, on Amazon, it would be sort of a thousand bucks a month. Um, and I certainly don't have a thousand bucks a month to spend on it. And I don't think I could, I could fit a thousand bucks a month of advertising on it either. <laughs> so that's why it's the way that, uh, that it is. I wonder how many hams realize that you're providing this extremely valuable and very popular service for nothing out of your own pocket. So what it actually costs me is sort of $10 a year for the, uh, for the domain name. And, you know, the, the hours that I spend, you know, dealing with weird issues, to be honest. Um, a recent release of Firefox causes caused problems in the positioning of one of the sort of the, the flyout little boxes that appears. And there was an issue with SeaMonkey that didn't work. I mean, I would hate to be maintaining a website for real because it would be a never-ending sort of saga of, oh, the new version of Chrome came out. It doesn't work on Linux anymore or it doesn't work on a phone. Yeah, I know. It doesn't work on phones very well. I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> you want a big screen. <laughs> yes. Oh, what we want is a PSK Reporter app. You know. Yes, yes. I mean, I would love for somebody to actually build that and, and do it pro properly rather than kind of the, the rather janky. I have kind of a mobile UI, but it's extremely janky and doesn't work very well. And so I don't really care about it. But somebody would do it properly. Approximately how many users, or is this even possible to know at any given time? I would guess um, it's in the several thousands. No, it, it, it's not as high as that, but it's it's of the order of a thousand because some people leave their leave their windows open for days at at, at, at a time, but most people don't. You know, when I was originally designing the, the, the system, you know, I thought I might get a thousand simultaneous people um, being monitors at the time. And we blew straight past that. It reaches 7,000 quite often and probably 10,000 occasionally, which is sort of remarkable that there are 10,000 people with radios running around the world. Yes. You know, just listening, let alone all those people who, you know, are transmitting and don't know about PSK Reporter and who haven't 
you haven't checked the checkbox in WSJTX or whatever it is that they use. That's been, when you bring up WSJTX, a, a pet peeve of mine that I've discussed briefly on the podcast some time ago is I wish people would include their antenna information in their uploads to PSK reporters so that, for example, if I'm operating FT8 and I see that somebody in California has given me an astonishing report of, say, <laughs> plus 6 dB, something like that, um, I want to know what sort of antenna they're using. If if they're using uh, a, a wire in their attic, I'll be blown away. If it's, on the other hand, uh, a huge beam pointed directly at me, well, that's that's a bit different. Yeah, finding that is actually quite difficult in WSJTX um, because it's not in an obvious place. You have to go to it's in the f- it's in the frequencies. A, I can't remember actually the name of the tab, um, but you have to enter your antenna on a per band basis, which I suppose is is cool and correct. Um, but I suspect people, lots of people never find it. That could be the case. But boy, is that useful information. Drag your mouse cursor over the map and over what I call the balloon icons, who has received your signal. Uh, You can, in many cases, at least those who do put that information in, it pops right up and you can say, aha, okay, that makes sense. Now I can understand why that person is hearing me the way they are in, say, California, Washington State, and so on. Speaking of the map, I have a question for you, Philip. I've noticed a pink circle, sort of a partial circle, that will appear around, say, my icon on the map display on PSK Reporter. What is that exactly? That dates back to the very early days when it seemed to be an observation. Well, what it is, is it finds the it's the arc of the circle with the greatest concentration of people who've heard you. And the idea was that maybe it showed something about skip zones. Um, in fact, I don't think it does. I think it's actually just depends where people are, where people are, because on, in the Northeast, you know, the arc always goes over Europe. Now, one of the cool things you can do, which I added, I don't know, but maybe a year ago, is you can change the map view from the standard kind of Mercator view to um, a view that is centered on your location. If you go into the display options, you'll see there's a drop-down for map projection. If you choose either azimuthal, equal area, or equidistant, doesn't really matter which, then you get a different view of the world that has you in the middle and the antipodean point from you kind of the outside circle of it. And what this does is this makes all the the transmissions between you and anybody into a straight line. So you get to see in a much more visual way the transmissions that go across the North Pole, or I guess if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, the ones typically that go across the South Pole. Um, and it, it just rearranges things. And then that pink arc actually turns into a direct arc because it's centered on you. On the map projection is centered on you. Oh, okay. You know, there's various mysterious display options that people have asked for over the years. Um, and while I don't think it's right for everybody, it just gets a, an option. And yes, some of the display options take place immediately. You close the box and some of them you need to press the go button again. And I'm sorry about that, but that's, <laughs> that, that's what you get when you don't pay anything. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Throughout our entire conversation, I didn't mention the URL. 
and that's www.pskreporter, one word, dot info. Did I get it right? You got it exactly right. I, I noticed that... its official name, by the way, apparently is Digimode Automatic Propagation Reporter. Uh, yeah, that was okay. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not a web designer. I do big data stuff in my day job, and so the HTML is pretty shoddy. It was mostly written, you know, 15, 16 years ago. So it's not as cool and as slick as you might hope. And I don't go back and maintain these pages. Um, and yes, the map page really ought to be the first, the front page, but it isn't. So you really should bookmark the pskreporter.info slash psk map. And yes, I know there's hardly any PSK traffic, but PSK reporter is how people know it. And there's no percentage in trying to change it to FT8 reporter. Playing with some of the mode selections, I've been surprised at the modes that do show up that I thought had more or less died out. Uh, JT9, for example. I'll see some activity there. Yes. You know, I thought the Olivia stuff had gone away too, but there's still some of that around. The Whisper stuff, that's, that's fascinating because I don't know what reports Whisper to me because most of those reports go to whispernet.org. Yes. In fact, I know uh, W1BW who runs that. And we have talked in the past about trying to kind of unify the systems, but that's really all the, the, the stage it's gotten to is talk and a cup of coffee, but nothing <laughs> further nothing further than, than that. Well, Philip, I want to thank you seriously for what you've done. It's difficult to imagine what would happen if you just suddenly decided to say, uh, I'm tired of doing this. I'm pulling the plug. I'm not going to do it anymore. Well, that actually is, you know, that's one of these problems. Um, I actually run, um, there's another, I, I'm also into the, the Citizen Weather Observer Program, CWOP, and I run weather.gladstonefamily.org.net, which um, aggregates data from amateur weather stations and, in fact, professional weather stations all over the world. And there is some rumor that I'm actually the world expert on the location of weather stations, which you would have <laughs> thought was a solved problem, but it turns out not to be. And uh, how do we ensure you know, the long-term survival of this stuff? I'm not intending to go anywhere, but, you know, I'm getting on in years. Um, and at some stage, I mean... The real problem is I'm kind of ashamed of the code. Um, it's extremely nasty because it was written, you know, in 15-minute increments. And there's no test cases, and it's kind of spaghetti code par excellence, but it works. And, you know, finding somebody to hand it over to who actually will take care of it and, you know, and love it for what it is, is actually non-trivial and there's a whole bunch of um open source projects this one isn't open source you know yes. nurture it for the for the long term i mean yes i've been doing this you know i registered the domain name in in fact almost today in 2004 so what's that 17 years ago wow it's still of interest to me so i'm i i care it and keep it ticking over it doesn't need much maintenance um but yeah, I don't know what the path forward is. And, I, you know, I think it's there's lots of these other. I mean, um, Steve Dimsey's um, uh, well, find, find, find you com, you know, which is big in the APRS world. He's getting on. He doesn't want to spend a lot of money maintaining that system either. 
what do we do as, as a community? I, I really don't know. That's a, a very good question. And something so, that is going to become critical, I think, as the ham population continues to age. Yeah, that's not great, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you very much for spending your a chunk of your evening doing this and uh, telling everyone about it. I think uh, I think readers will find this, or readers, listeners, will find this very interesting. Yeah, go go check it out. Stuff your call sign in. See what happens. Thank you, Philip. Thank, thank you, Stephen. Enjoyable. Tune in again for the next episode of Eclectic Tech, produced by ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Music is provided by Purple Planet at purpleplanet.com. If you have comments, email eclectic at arrl.org. This episode is copyright ARRL and all rights are reserved. I'm Sabrina Jackson, KC1JMW. See you next time.